Man, do we have a good one for you today. Welcome back to Productive Not Busy with me, Wayne Weathersby. And today we are going to talk about fear and fighting fears. Okay. I think everybody listening probably knows what I'm talking about. We don't want to let fear hold us back from anything, but we do. You know, all of us struggle with fear and worry from time to time. I don't think there's anybody on the planet that doesn't. In fact, many cases, fear is actually a good and healthy thing, right? Why not? It causes us to wear seatbelts and eat healthy. It keeps us from doing things that will get us hurt, like getting too close to the fire or, you know, jumping off the roof into the pool, right? All that crazy stuff. So we're going to cover that in a deep dive here in just a few minutes. And I appreciate you guys listening. Please like and subscribe on whatever platform that you're listening to. And a review would be amazing. iTunes especially really loves reviews. So if you could help us out, I'd greatly appreciate it. And I think you guys are going to love this episode. You're listening to the Productive Not Busy Podcast, where our mission is to make you more money so you'll have less stress and more free time. It's all about mindset, attitude, and taking action. And your host, Wayne Weathersby, knows how to make that happen. He's negotiated and closed over $150 million in contracts while building businesses with proven success strategies that he wants to share with you. So if you're ready to make some real money, then let's get to it. Here's Coach Wayne. natural to be concerned about our health, what else, our bank accounts, job status, children, marriage, all the good stuff that pops into our heads during the day. When something threatens one of those things, though, right, we take notice. We work hard to protect ourselves and the people we love. Some ways, fear is both a natural and helpful part of what it means for us to be like a human being, correct? But here's the thing. If fear gets out of control, it can take over and prevent us from freaking enjoying anything in life. When we're consumed by the fear, we can't be present for other things or do things that we love. Being overwhelmed, <clears throat> fear affects our health, saps our strength. Makes it difficult to concentrate and robs us of like sleep. Sleep is one of the most important things in our world. It also keeps us from taking any risks. If we're afraid, we won't start a new business. We won't write a book. We won't initiate a relationship or tell somebody how much we care about them. We'll constantly play it safe. Always trying to insulate ourselves from like any negative consequences. Okay. When we play it safe, we don't grow. We stagnate. We miss out on like great freaking opportunities. We can't run from fear or rely on hope, right? Simply hope it goes away. There will always be something to worry about. No doubt about that. I'm not saying that you're going to go worry free. But if we're going to be successfully able to navigate the often difficult world that we live in that changes by the moment, 
right? We need effective strategies for coping with worry and fear. We got to be able to deal with our anxieties, right? Especially from a health standpoint and a productive standpoint. I deal with this a lot. Pretty confident, pretty equipped. And, you know, sometimes I walk around worried about stuff. I don't need to worry about fear that something's going to happen. Okay. Reading a book right now and Franklin Roosevelt said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself, right? That's really super popular. You hear it in songs and movies. And while this isn't a hundred percent true, there are real things to be afraid of. His point kind of makes sense. Fear holds us back from living like to our fullest. We must learn how to overcome that so that we can move forward with the things that we desire, right? You might be, you know, you might work with your absolute most perfect partner in life, right? But you're scared to death to tell them that. Well, you're going to live in fear for a long time unless you just say it. Get it out and take whatever the consequences that come along with that. And this in this episode you're going to discover some of the stuff that you know some of the highest achieving people in the world use as strategies for facing and overcoming fears including myself dealing with some health issues that you know are no joke stuff that you should be scared of but you can't live in fear and you've got to move forward. You'll learn effective, you know, healthy strategies I guess for handling worry and anxiety. No, your fears won't just vanish, I promise, but you'll be equipped to face them and deal with them. And I think it's a good time for us to dive into that because I live this on a daily basis um, and I've gotten really good at it with some help and some studying. So, you know, I think what we'll do is we're going to start with uh, my trusty notepad here and my highlights that I write down. And this is how I put these episodes together, right? So I wanted to do an episode about what I feel when I, you know, get my health issue taken care of um, and, and what that fear feels like when you go into the doctor's office and, you know, you're scared about what they're going to say or what the results were or what have you. So I, I, I live this and it, and it makes sense and I've learned to not let it grip me. And I'm going to share some of that stuff with you. So basically, you know, fear is basically a biological response. Okay. It's like an internal gut feeling, I guess you call it. Uh, and I want to break that down a little bit. So, you know, I wanted to know what I was feeling. So I, I did some research and, and this is what I came up with. And I hope it's helpful for you guys. So, you know, fear is a biological response. Okay. So let me say that when your body... When you're afraid, your body goes into this like fight or flight mode. You know, my heart rate goes up, adrenaline goes up, your brain starts to race. You start coming to conclusions that aren't there yet. And you may start to sweat, let's say. All these things together create an emotion of fear. So for an internal or external stimulus, fear can arise from within or without. Thinking about losing your job, that's an internal stimulus that causes fear coming face to face with a grizzly bear. Well, that's an external stimulus and also causes fear. 
So when you're dealing with your struggles, it's important to understand the source of your fear. Is it arising internally or coming at you externally? It's important. And what you'll probably discover is that most of your fears are internally created. Very, very rarely will you find yourself in an actual life or death situation. Most of the time, you're afraid because of what you think will happen rather than what is actually happening. So to put that another way, the majority of our fears simply aren't connected to reality. What you feel is real, but the circumstances that you're imagining are not. This is the fundamental truth is that most fear is response to an imagined reality, I guess, or something that hasn't happened yet. So, for example, let's say you find a strange lump in your neck. Immediately you fear the worst, right? Thinking you're going to die of cancer or you've got a tumor. But are you actually sick? You won't know until you see the doctor. But you're afraid. You're scared, right? You're worrying. That's fear. You're worried and in fear of what the response to your imagination is. Right? My doctor's got a great saying on his wall, and it's from Mark Twain. It says, I've had a lot of worries in my life, most of which never happened. So when you understand the true nature of what fear is, it becomes easier to overcome. You're able to closely examine your anxiety and determine if there's any substance to it. Some of your worries may have merit now, but you'll discover that most of them don't. And even the ones that do have merit probably aren't really as bad as you thought they were. So, you know, this is something that I've worked on. This is, you know, you got to change your biology. That's what I call it. Before we talk about changing your fearful thoughts, I want to talk about changing your fearful body. And as we noted before, when you're afraid, it affects your body in weird ways. When your body is ramped up, it can be very difficult to control your thinking. I know. I'm, I'm telling you guys this from personal experience. This is one of the most effective ways to deal with fear is to take control of your body. When you dispel the physical side of it, it becomes easier to dispel the mental side. So, you know, the question I get all the time is, well, how do you change your biology? Well, I want you to consider these. First thing is to exercise, believe it or not. Working out is like a natural anti-anxiety drug. When you work out, your body releases what they call endorphins, which makes you feel good. Tightens, you know, the tightness in your chest goes away. Your mind slows down. You have more clarity. If you're feeling worried, go for like a freaking brisk walk or even a run if you can. Or hit hit your home gym or, or you know, Planet Fitness or whatever. Next, the Navy SEALs are really good at this. I have a friend of mine that was a Navy SEAL, and he shared this with me. It's a breathing exercise. When you're anxious, you breathe rapidly, which raises your heart rate, increases your muscle tension, causes dizziness, and creates like these weird negative effects in your body. So to counteract the focus on changing, you know, in your body, you change your breathing patterns. So you inhale real slow through your nose and then hold the breath for several seconds, and then you slowly exhale. Repeat this pattern until you feel that anxiety dissipate. That's what they do. They're world class. 
They use these breathing exercises to clear their head when stressful situations. They do this breathing exercises at the end of the day after they're freaking ramped up to the to the clouds, right? And then they have to lay down and get their two hours sleep or whatever. This is the breathing exercise they use. It's really cool and it works. Next, I want you to relax your muscles, okay? There's a thing called progressive muscle relaxation, PMR. And it's a technique for releasing muscles that have been like tensed up due to anxiety. So what you do is you start by flexing your toes for 10 seconds and then slowly releasing them for 10 seconds. Then you do the same thing with your calves and then your thighs and then all the way up your body, your stomach, right? Your chest, your arms. Try it. It's, it's a strange phenomenon, but it works very well. And then next, it's the easy one. You got to eat right and you got to sleep right. Your diet and the amount of sleep that you get has a huge freaking impact on the way you feel. As much as possible, try to eat healthy, nutritious, avoid processed foods, fruits, vegetables, meat that you obtain, you know, fresh or frozen, doesn't matter. Processed foods, on the other hand, list many chemicals in their ingredients, which can wreak freaking havoc on your mood and your health. I'm still working on this one, but I'm doing a lot better. Start out with a fresh smoothie with fresh vegetables or frozen vegetables and frozen fruits every morning. That's my building block that I'm going to work on. So stay away from mood-altering substances, okay? Caffeine in moderation, alcohol in moderation is great, but don't use that to alter your existence. Because usually, especially with alcohol, whatever you are in real life is magnified with alcohol. So be careful with that one. Shoot for somewhere between seven and eight hours of sleep every night too. I operate best on somewhere between six and a half and seven and a half. Any more than that kind of messes me up. And then consistently practice these strategies and they'll put you in a better position to tackle, you know, the fears and anxieties and worries. Um, I found that really interesting because I applied all this stuff before I decided to do this episode, man, it's made a freaking world of difference. Okay. And then you know, next, when I was noodling around with this idea, you know, I had to identify what my fears were. My fears are going to be different than your fears. Okay. So before you can overcome your fear, you must be able to identify it. In other words, you must be able to specifically name the thing that you are afraid of. If you're not clear regarding what the source of your anxiety is, then you're probably going to struggle to resolve it. I was fortunate. I know exactly what mine were. So, you know, I basically had to write these down, you know, to identify my fears. I had to ask myself a series of questions. What am I afraid of? Why am I afraid of it? You know, why do I try not to think about it? When do I feel afraid? Like, when is it? What emotions do I feel while I'm going through that? And what negative outcomes am I envisioning in my head? And then what picture do I have in my head about that situation? Okay, you may need to work a bit uh, to get to the bottom of your fears, but it's common to have smaller fears stacked up on top of bigger ones. No doubt. I found that out when I started making my list. For example, you say you're afraid of losing your job. Okay, is that the ultimate fear? Probably not. More likely, you're afraid of not having enough money to pay your bills or losing the respect of your people when being forced to restart a career. Okay, you see where I'm going with that? When identifying your fears, keep pushing, right? Keep pushing until you get the root of the problem. Work to determine what the root fear is 
that's causing you all the anxiety. So you might have to keep like asking yourself, so what, right? For example, so what if I lose my job? I won't make any money. So what if I don't make any money? Well, I can't pay the bills. So what if I can't pay the bills? Well, then I can't provide for my family. So dig until you determine what you're ultimately afraid of. Okay. And next, I want you to become aware of all the different ways your fear is affecting your life. Is it causing you constant emotional distress? Is it um, keeping you from like doing things you want to do? Is it messing up your relationship? Is it hurting your work performance? Is it stealing your happiness? Right? Is it preventing you from enjoying the present? So the goal of, you know, my exercises is to bring, you know, you or me to face-to-face with the consequences of the fear is what I call it. Okay. When you see how worry and anxiety damage your life and hold you back, you become much more motivated to take action. I promise. It may help you write out your thoughts as you work through above processes, right? Writing things down helps you think clearly and forces you to give, right, your voice to your anxious thoughts and feelings. You know, I'm not a doctor. I'm just telling you, I do this stuff. This is real. I have to, you know, um, it's, and everybody does. Okay. Nobody's immune from this and they really should do it because it's a game changer. You can't avoid your fear. Okay. The more you try to avoid it, the more it's going to grow. The only way, you know, forward is kind of like just punch the thing in the mouth or look at it in the eye. Right. Confront your fears face to face and put a, like a name to them. Then you can begin to kind of like dismantle them. All right. And then practice the worst case and best case thinking. This is a, something that I kind of learned from consulting with my doctors and my coach, right? Considering the worst and best case scenario can like kind of dramatically alter your perspective and give you kind of like a much needed clarity about your fears for sure. When you feel afraid, okay, think about the worst case scenario. Okay. So if everything went wrong, what is the worst that could happen? Now, what are the odds that that's actually going to happen? Probably pretty low. The worst case is very rarely happens. So, you know, let's, for example, I don't know, say you're afraid of public speaking. The worst that could happen is you freeze up on stage. Can't say anything. You're completely embarrassed. But will that happen? Probably not. And even if it did, would it actually be like freaking the end of the world? Right? Yeah, you'll probably be embarrassed, but that's about it. When you engage in worst case thinking, you'll often discover that the worst isn't nearly as bad as you thought it was. So this enables you to move forward and overcome your fears. See where I'm going with that? After thinking about the worst case scenario, think of best case scenario. If everything goes perfect, that's what awesome things will you experience, right? So instead of freezing up on stage, you totally knock it out of the freaking park. You get a standing ovation, receive tons of compliments and get invited to speak at other places. You know, people want you to represent their companies. You're going to be an ambassador, all that stuff. Your confidence goes through the freaking roof. When you envision the good things that will come your way, it motivates you to take action in the face of the fear, right? You are able to see what you will miss out if you let your worries take control. Will everything go perfect? Probably not. 
But the reality is, is that things don't have to go perfect for you to reap benefits. Just take the action. Okay, so hear me out though. To be clear, there may be times when the worst case scenario is like freaking really bad. Like with a cancer diagnosis. I know. In these scenarios, it can be especially helpful to think about the best case. Okay? If things go well, you'll still have many years of life to enjoy with your family and your friends. Focus on this can give you strength and, you know, that you need to keep going forward. So that's why, you know, I want you to focus on what you can control. How much time and energy do you spend worrying about things you can't control? If you're like me, most people, probably not. After all, you know, a huge portion of our life is out of our control. And if you focus on those things, you're screwed. You'll be constantly worried. You'll be a basket case. Right? So for the most part, you can't control um, the actions and responses of others. Local and global events, traffic, weather, what other people think, how old you're getting, you're aging, whatever. People what people's opinions of you are, the past, the inevitable death of a family member or yourself. There's a shit ton of stuff to be worried about, right? But worrying about things you can't control is a freaking waste of time. It literally will not change a thing. And that's worse. It, it can divert your focus from the things that you can actually control. So when you fear things outside of your control, you have less energy to use the, the things where you can make a difference, okay? So what can you control? Well, I made a list. This one took me longer. What can I control? Well, I can control how I respond to whatever. Statements, people. What I think about. The ways I treat other people. The information I consume. How I treat my own body. How I talk to myself in my head, right? My sleep habits, your sleep habits. How consistent am I at what I do? And a, a ton more. So when you focus on what you can control, your fears will obviously lessen because you're not thinking about that and your life is going to be better right from the get-go. Just that little exercise right there. Just thinking about what you can control doesn't give you time to think about what you can't. So think of it like, uh, like football. A defensive back can't control where the quarterback's going to throw the ball, but he can control his response to that throw. The more the defensive back focuses on how he will respond, the better he'll play. Same's true in life. You can't control a significant portion of what happens, but you do have the power of how you respond. The more you focus on your own actions and thoughts, the, the better things will go for you. Okay? I read I, uh, one of my books that I read, and I'm trying to read three books a month. Not all the way there yet, but I did get through this one. It's a book called Life, the Truth, and Being Free. This guy named Steve Miraboli. And there was a cool thing in there. He said, incredible change happens in your life when you decide to take control of what you do have the power over instead of craving control over what you don't have control over. That's pretty badass. So when you find yourself dealing with fear, Stop and ask yourself, what things are under my control? What can I control? Once you identify those things, give all your time and energy to it. Avoid spinning your wheels over things that you have no control over, right? So what you want to do is basically you want to take your fear and turn it into an action. 
This one's big for me. And, you know, so I, I used to get really sideways because I'm passionate about choosing gratitude. And when I choose gratitude and it's not received well, or it doesn't seem like it matters, that that was a fear. That was a, a worry and an anxiety for me that I had to let go of and just be grat, you know, grateful and show gratitude. And if it's reciprocated, great. If they act like they don't care, no worries. But I did it and it made me feel better. So fear is almost always rooted in like a scarcity mentality. So in other words, you're afraid that you won't have something you want or desire. Okay. Lots of things, right? You're going to lack love, respect, money, health, possessions, or someone else, right? You thought you had that person and then you find out you don't. And how you respond to that is pretty important. So all of these are really good things and it's not wrong to desire them, but it's easy to over, you know, become fixated or obsessed on them. And then you become fearful of not having them. And when it comes true, that's, that's the big step. How do you respond to it? Gratitude completely shifts your perspective, fixing, you know, your eyes on things that you already have. It's hard to, you know, for, for gratitude and fear to coexist. They're like oil and water, if you ask me. Okay. Um, some of the cancer stuff that I've studied showed that those who intentionally practice gratitude were much less likely to experience anxiety. So when you feel fear beginning to, you know, pop up in you, embrace gratitude. Look for ways to be grateful for what are specifically related to your anxiety. Are you worried about a medical condition? In my case, yes. Express gratefulness for the healthcare people, you know, people that's available to you. Are you concerned about losing your job? Well, express gratitude for the chance to find something even better than what you're already doing. Okay. Tony Robbins has preached this for years, right? He has this, he focuses on gratitude. He says, I, I focus on three moments in my life that I'm grateful for because gratitude is the antidote to the things that mess us up. Can't be angry and grateful at the same time. Can't be fearful and grateful at the same time. So gratitude is the solution to both anger and fear. And instead of just acting grateful, think of specific situations that you're grateful for. The little ones, the big ones. Do it every single day and step outside those moments and feel the gratitude. It'll be a game changer. When you're constantly grateful, it's hard to be fearful. You're more aware of the good things that you have. So I wrote these down. Some simple ways to practice gratitude. Well, keep a gratitude journal daily. Here's a big one. Send a weekly text message of gratefulness to a friend. I send handwritten cards. Don't get sideways if somebody doesn't acknowledge that they got their great, you know, their their card of gratefulness. Okay? You sent it. It made you feel good. The intent was good. Whether they respond to it or not, that's on them. Send out handwritten note cards once a month. All right? Tell your loved ones why you love them. Embrace every challenge as an opportunity to grow. And I post a lot of gratefulness stuff on social media because there's a lot of shit out there. Okay? So practice mindfulness and meditation. This one I'm working on. My coach, my doctors really want me to focus on this because I have the ability 
to adjust. They think that it would be a good opportunity to learn. So fear consistently, you know, takes takes me out of my present, right? Instead of focusing on here and now, you're, you know, I kind of find myself worried about what could happen in the future. And I need to work on that. Worrying about things that might happen prevent me from enjoying good things that actually are happening. Okay. So practicing mindfulness and meditation keeps me firmly rooted in the present. All of our energy and focus is given to the current moment. When you do that, simply put, you know, simply put, you're able to fully be present in the present. I have a hard time with that one. I'm working on it. And I'd love to work on it with you guys. I love your feedback on this. So to be clear, there's a difference between mindfulness and meditation. Okay. I'm learning this. Mindfulness, generally speaking, simply means, you know, being aware of the savoring, the present moment without the thought of anything else. Being with that special somebody that just puts you in perfection, right? You need to enjoy that because in a blink of a freaking eye, that can end and it's done. Any activity can be done mindfully. When you eat mindfully, guess what? You savor every bite. You absorb all of the ingredients and all the nutrients, right? When you jog, you feel the burn in your muscles and focus on putting one foot in front of the other because it makes you feel good. Mindfulness is a really a way of life, if you ask me. Now, meditation is a specific practice that helps me grow in my mindfulness. Still working on it, still practicing it. But when I actually do it and I do it with purpose, there's something to it. There's many forms of different kinds of meditation, and they all involve focusing on the present for a set period of time. Right? I've studied some meditations that help you clear your mind while others promote positive feelings and some promote, you know, love and compassion and peace and all that. And it works, but you have to be serious about it. If you never practice meditation, there are a number of tools available that, you know, provide, you know, guidance on this stuff. Uh, I was referred to Headspace. Um, There's one that's hollow, hollow is a faith-based app that helps you find peace and grow in your spiritual journey, they say. Okay. It's a good one though. Calm is another one, I believe. So, you know, be happy in the moment. That's enough. Each, it really, each moment is all we need. No more, no less. The more you meditate and practice mindfulness and less anxiety, you're going to experience plain and simple. Instead of being preoccupied with the future, I end up sitting there and enjoying what's going on in my present. Okay. Next, this falls into my book, you know, be the master of your, of your day. My, my time blocking and scheduling book is you've got to schedule your worries. One of the big challenges I find dealing with fear and anxiety is that it's always present at any moment I can worry you know, a worry can crowd into my brain, disrupting what I'm doing, my day, stealing my energy and making it difficult to be present. Okay. On top of this, many people find it kind of difficult to turn their brains off. Once anxiety is wormed into my brain, I can't stop it. I have to purposefully use some of these tools to, to make it stop. As a result, then the same fears kind of circle in my brain around and around. It's a vicious cycle for sure. And it can be difficult to break. And I'm still working on mine. But one technique recommended by 
uh, a doctor friend of mine is actually scheduling a time when you will think about things that worry you. There's a novel idea, right? So it works like this. You set aside like 15 to 30 minutes a day. During that time, write down everything that worries you. You don't have to create solutions, just need to get things down on paper. You start to worry about something at any point in the day, just tell yourself that you will think about it during your worry time. Okay, so in the beginning, you may find it like challenging to put off your worries. Okay, but over time, it will become easier and your control over your mind will increase. And then you'll just find that it's less difficult to clamp down on your on your brain. Okay, because you're scheduling your worry time. An additional benefit of, you know, planned worry is that it increases your your sense of control over your life. Right. You're not going to be able to control the circumstances that are causing your fears. You can decide to, you know, when exactly you're going to think about them. Okay. Next is you got to get support. You can talk to a friend, right? Unburden yourself to someone that you know well and can trust. This person should be completely accepting and not rubbing it in your face and laughing at you and thinking that your fears are silly or, or small or petty. Okay. Go to the right person. There's some apps for that too. Turn to me, seven cups of tea, daily strength apps like that. That'll help you um, with that. But don't be embarrassed if you struggle with fear. Every person has their own share of worries and anxiety. I promise you're not any different. You're not special. Talking to others about your struggles can go a long way in helping you and somebody else make progress because you never know who you're going to run into that has the same issues and it can enlighten the load that you're carrying. Okay. You can talk to a therapist, you can talk to a coach. Okay. But the big one I want to talk about is how have self-compassion, right? It's essential to remember that you're not defective. If you regularly experience fear and anxiety, it's okay. There's a lot of factors that contribute to fear and it includes all of them that we've talked about, right? Biology, genetics, experience, environment, current circumstances, family history, spouse, okay? If any one of those things can cause you to feel afraid, it's not as though you're choosing to be afraid because you want to or you like it. It happens, right? In light of this, be compassionate towards other people as well. Don't try to deny the existence of your fears or act like you have it all together, right? Accept and love yourself, fears and all, warts and all, right? I call this the, the social media effect. Don't be posting, If you know, to me, it's don't, put Hollywood out there for everybody to see. It's not rainbow and roses when it's hurricanes and tsunamis in real life. Okay. That's just something that that's going to feed into what's going on. If you're portraying an outer life, that's not really what's going on. Find something else to post about. If you're unwilling to accept yourself until you completely overcome your fears, you'll be perpetually unhappy forever. Right? The reality is that fear will never be completely absent from your life. Even the most brave, courageous person in the world is going to feel anxiety from time to time. So if you want to overcome your fear or my fear, we've got to have the courage to accept us, myself, you, as we are right now. 
Okay, you got to own your story. Own the factors that caused the fear to rise and then do something about it. Take an action. Right? Courage is not the absence of fear. A person who never feels fear isn't courageous. They're stupid. They're crazy. The world can be a pretty scary freaking place, and there's a lot of reasons to feel afraid. Okay? Courage is feeling afraid and then acting anyway. Courageous people acknowledge what they're scared of, and then they move forward to overcome that. Okay? It's okay to feel fear or worry, but avoid letting it like consume you and get the best of you. Don't let anxiety keep you from living the life that you want. I I do this too. Stuff happens. And it tears your guts out. But I've gained the skills to wrap that stuff up and toss it out the window. We've talked about a number of different ways to deal with fear and anxiety, right? Change your biology, um, identify your fears, practice worst case scenario, practice best case thinking, focus on what you can control, gratitude, mindfulness, scheduling worry time, right? Support, help, self-compassion. Okay, these techniques won't eliminate fear and anxiety from your life, but they will make it easier for you to cope with. I do it on a daily basis and I'm still working on it. Make no mistake, it's not easy to overcome fear and anxiety. It takes constant work. I'm not going to lie. I pull up at the doctor's office. There's a feeling. But I do a really good job of of suppressing it, right? Imagine it trying to get through the door and you're leaning on the door and you finally get it shut and you lock it. That's kind of what you have to do. You got to have courage to come face to face with the things that like scare the shit out of you. You have to expand and expend energy to get your thoughts under control. But it's worth it, I promise. As a result, you're going to experience a different kind of freedom, a different kind of peace, a different kind of confidence. You're going to be rattled by every little thing that comes your way. You know how to handle it. It's a wonderful feeling. Future's bright. It's awesome. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Much gratitude for all my listeners. Thank you. Be safe. Take care. Sell a bunch. And say something nice to somebody. See you soon. You've been listening to the Productive Not Busy Podcast with Coach Wayne. Join us next time for more money-making strategies to help you have less stress and more free time. Follow us on Facebook at Productive Not Busy, on Instagram at Frontline.Coach.Wayne, and on Twitter at Wayne New Jr. And remember, be productive, not busy.